Hey there, this is Jason Hensley with the Magnify Him Together podcast, and in this episode, we are going to be discussing law and flexibility. Now, in hearing that, I would assume that you might be thinking, oh, well, the law isn't flexible. There is no flexibility within law because law is a one-size-fits-all. This is something that we think about as a community, and it makes us thankful for why we approach God through faith rather than law. And that's true. So I fully acknowledge that, I recognize it is true that law is not flexible because it is one message that therefore applies to everyone. With that said, however, I think there is a really important piece of the flexibility of law that we do miss Maybe sometimes because we're emphasizing and thinking about the greatness of faith's flexibility versus the greatness of law's flexibility. But here's another thought, another approach, and uh, see what you think of this. Have you ever been reading through the Torah, the first five books of the Bible? And maybe when you got to about Exodus, maybe around Exodus 19 or 20, you started to think, oh, well, now I've hit the laws, and I'm just going to be reading a lot of law from now on. It's going to be about sacrifices, it's going to be about what the priest has to offer, and it all just kind of feels the same. Have you ever felt that way? Or just felt like, can we just not read about the offerings on Sunday morning? You know, these are just kind of boring. Have you ever had that feeling? I think number one, once we start to dig deep and understand what was behind the law, we, we don't feel that way. We don't feel like the law is boring. So f- first of all, that's, that's really how a lot of scripture works. You know, when you first read it, you might think, oh, I don't understand this. But when you look deeper, it's, it's not boring. And there's a lot that we can learn from it. But beyond that, I think what's really powerful about the law is that, in fact, we see that it changes So in the first five books, let's just think about this. When you come to the time of Cain and Abel in Genesis chapter 4, there clearly is a law that exists. That is why Cain gets in trouble for bringing vegetables. It's not as though they just had to bring something and nobody really knew what it was, and Cain brought vegetables and, oh, too bad, he brought the wrong thing. No. He knew what he was supposed to bring, and he didn't bring it. Now, you might think, well, that's just my interpretation. Although I, I think I have a reason for saying that. If you look at, at Genesis 4, you will notice that it specifically says, at the appointed time, they came before God. Now, in addition to that, they have offerings. So there's stuff there in the record that we just must not have been told about. We don't know how the offerings worked, but they must have been told about how to bring them or how to offer them. And we don't know about that appointed time, but that tells us that God had said something to Cain and Abel about when they were to worship him and how. We see the same thing in Genesis chapter 7 when it comes to the story of Noah. Noah is told to take a certain amount of the clean animals and a certain amount of the unclean animals. Again, what are those? We don't know at this point. We don't know what's clean. We don't know what's unclean because the laws of uncleanness don't come until Leviticus 11. My point is, is that there was a specific kind of law in 
the early time of Genesis. Law existed, command existed, but it wasn't the law of Moses. Do you see the change? When Israel becomes a nation, everything changes. God gives the law of Moses. This is that flexibility of law. And what I mean by that is not that that law bends. What I mean is that God is willing to change the law. Isn't that fascinating? I think a lot of times when we look at law, we think, oh, well, you know, law is not changeable. It is what it says, written in stone, the end. And yet that doesn't seem to be how God approaches law. God gives laws in the early chapters of Genesis that that we can't read, but we can see that they're there because people are following them. And then he gives a new set of laws when it comes to the law of Moses. Now, in fact, the law of Moses even itself is like this. And so this is why I think it's fascinating that when we get to that section in Exodus that maybe we think might be kind of boring, I would just suggest to you, as you read, start to notice what are the initial laws that God gives. Because God is going to change the law. So for instance, in Leviticus chapter 10, Leviticus chapter 10, you have the story of Nadab and Abihu, and Nadab and Abihu offer fire to God that they are not supposed to. And so because they do that, God then adds more laws from Leviticus 11 to Leviticus 27. He gives specific laws to all kinds of various groups of people, and a lot of them have to do with cleanness and uncleanness, probably because Nadab and Abihu didn't separate between what was clean or supposed to go to God and what wasn't. So God, in fact, adds laws because of Nadab and Abihu. Isn't that interesting? I I think that's like a huge picture for us to notice because this definitely isn't its own thing. So... Here's another example. In the book of Numbers, chapter 15, we get laws about the promised land and we get laws about fringes, fringes on their garments. Now, if you weren't looking for this pattern, you might just think, oh, here's just more rules. But that's not what it is because this comes just after Numbers 13 and 14, which is when the Israelites say, oh, we can't go into the promised land. God says, I'm going to have you wander around for 40 years. After saying that, God then gives them new laws about the promised land to remind them, even though some of them might not see the promised land, he was still going to bring them there. And he tells them to put these fringes on their clothes, again, as a reminder that they are still his people. And so this is what you can do in the law. You can look and see how God adds laws and how God, in fact, changes laws. He does that with the daughters of Zelophehad. This is the flexibility of the law. So I don't mean law as a medium, law as a thing is flexible, because it's not. But in fact, the way that God presents law is that law is meant for people, not people for law. Does that remind you of the Lord Jesus? The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. I think that's what that means. That all of this was meant, ultimately, to teach us about God. And so God gave new laws, God changed the law because he wanted to teach about who he was and about his principles, not because it was about following the law itself. So, next time you read through law, 
Look for it. Look for when it changes. Look for when God modifies it. In fact, I'll give you one to look for. When David sets up the temple, he changes all kinds of things about the law. How did he know he could do that? I think because he looked back and he realized this is the pattern that God has constantly been doing. He has been modifying the law in order to teach his principles in different circumstances. Thanks for listening, and I will see you next time on the Magnify Him Together podcast. Enjoy your week.